BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Grow Your Side Business Podcast, the number one show for corporate professionals building side businesses. My name is Chris Williams and I'm your host and I'm so thankful that you decided to tune into today's show. Listen, this podcast is for you. If you're building a side business as a corporate professional, we're here to show you stories, share people's real life experiences, the ups and the downs, and more importantly, real tips that you can leverage today. Let's go ahead and jump into today's very own show. You do not want to miss this. Buckle up, get a pad and a pen, and I promise you, you're going to learn so much in today's episode. Here, here's the most interesting thing about this conversation. So this gentleman, his name is Steve. He's 35 years old, okay? And at 35, he did the unconventional thing, okay? He left his day job, all right? Now, when he left his day job, him and his wife left, and one of the cool parts is that because they left, he was able to like back out and share some of his like understanding, share some of his thoughts with the world. And he's done that. And I thought, man, we need to, we need to talk about it. So I want to share with you guys, like I, I want to, I'm going to pull up his article and I'm going to share with you some things that kind of hit home for me as I, as I read his article and what he was able to share. Okay. So Let's pull up this article real quick. Here is the article, y'all. It says, company loyalty will make you poor. That's the opening headline, right? Company loyalty will make you poor. And what was interesting about this conversation is that I didn't realize some of the things that he covered until like you really start paying attention. Like if you built the business already on the side or you're still building it, or you've built a full business and you're running full time, some of these things are going to definitely resonate with you. So this article is in the CNBC. The link is in the description below. So you'll be able to see that. But I want to show you like how interesting um, some of these conversations end up being just around this idea of quiet quitting and how this relates to this story. So it says, company loyalty will make you poor. Early retiree credits his 1 million net worth to these seven unpopular opinions, okay? So we're gonna dive into these, all right? So the first one says company company loyalty will make you poor. If you're not switching jobs regularly, you leave money on the table. Taking a new position at a different company is one of the best ways to get a substantial raise. I tend to agree. I switched jobs five times in the span of 14 year career and got a 15 to 20% raise each time. This increased my salary well above inflation. Employees were due 
whatever is in their best interest and employees should do the same. Now, let's just start with that first one there because there's a whole lot of meat on this bone and I want to make sure that we talk about this, all right? So so here's, here's the first thing that I found real interesting uh, about this conversation. The first thing is this. He mentions company loyalty will make you poor. Why is he saying that? I think it is not lost on any of us that when you um, get a job, no matter what your salary is today, right? No matter what it was when you got the job 15 years ago or whatever the case may be, that that number for that role does not always match inflation and the cost of living and everything else. And even if you got a high salary to start with, yes, you might have a little bit of buffer from a living standpoint, but there's a lot of people that I talk to today that honestly, they are feeling it. Not in a sense of like, oh, um, um, I don't I don't have enough money. No, they're starting to realize that the gap, uh, there's not a lot of stretch between their dollar anymore. In fact, I read this really interesting um, article that was really uh, helpful to me. It says that um, it talks about the, the $100 today versus $100, you know, uh, 10, 20 years ago. And one of the things it talks about is it talks about how uh, in terms uh, $100 with the brunch friend in 2022 is not the same thing as it was uh, back in 2019. It's about $15 less in worth. But then it says, um, in the year 2000, that same $100 would now cost you 172. And in 1980, it would set you back $359. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but that sounds like serious changes of inflation. Now, what does that have to do with this article? Well, to me, everything, because one of the things that we've got to start thinking about, especially here for Massive Action Monday, I want you and I to get real serious about the, the where you're placing your loyalty. Like he's talking about company, company loyalty will make you poor. Why is he saying that? Because if you're not willing to move to where the money is, either physically, like me, and literally physically moving locations, some people will not leave their hometown. Some people won't even go to the other side of town. Right. Um, not realizing that by not willing to, to make that move, you are limiting your income options. Right. Even if your income is pretty nice, you're still limiting your income options. So when you have this company loyalty from his perspective, what that means is you're going to cut yourself off from all these opportunities because you won't even look outside of the job. Right. You won't even look outside of the company. So the first piece of advice that I want to give all of us is start to dream again, be open to having uh, outside conversations and ideas about where your skill set may actually lie. What other, what um, some people may be interested in hiring you, but if you're not actually out there thinking about and talking with people who have the same, like, you know, uh, the, the same skill set, some people literally have your same skill set, but they're making more money than you. And I guarantee you a lot of it is, is because they were willing to do something like potentially move to another area, right? And be able to make sure that their dollars stretch further. So 
Company loyalty. Tell me down in the comments, what do you think about company loyalty nowadays? Right? Does it mean something different to you? Think about it if you've been working your job, you know, for 10 years or working with the same company even for 10 years. Does it have the same meaning? Talk to me down in the comments. Let me know about that. Let's get over here to number two. Number two, he says most millionaires are self-made. Interesting conversation. A 2022 report from a research from firm Ramsey Solutions found that 74% of millennials believe millionaires inherited their money and more than half of baby boomers think the same. But many of the millionaires I knew built their wealth on their own and knowing that gave me a greater financial motivation. In fact, of the 10,000 millionaires that Ramsey Solutions surveyed, 79% didn't even receive an inheritance. Instead, most of them got rich through consistent investing, avoiding debt, and smart spending. Now, let's talk about this one for a second because this is an interesting uh, piece here for those who, you know, most people you hear all the time, people say, oh, uh, I'm a self-made person, right? Well, it's probably part true, meaning you didn't get a, a, a slush fund, right? Like nobody handed you down some money. Um, most people, if we're honest, even when a parent or a loved one passes away, that money was only enough to actually be able to bury that, that member if there was enough of that, right? And here's the way I want us to kind of think about investing, consistent investing, right? Notice he said consistent investing because for many of us, um, the world today has us stuck on pause, like in neutral around instant gratification. We're just stuck on that. Like, got to get it now. It's got to happen right now. And when you start building a business or you start building your side business, one of the quick things you find out is the return on the investment of time, effort, energy, and money that I might put into that business might actually take a little while. And what I build out might take some time for me to get really good at it so that I'm dialed in to the marketing, to the messaging, to speaking to my customer and all of those things. That takes time. That is not, that is far from, you know, um, any version of instant gratification, right? So that instant, in, that, that consistent investing means what am I doing with my discretionary income? What am I doing with, um, with my knowledge, right? Am I reading? Uh, I heard this weekend a really great quote that said, you know, here's the deal. The best real estate investment you will ever make is in between here, right? This is the best real estate you have. And so some people haven't even made consistent investing in reading, coaching, mentorship, uh, communities, right? Masterminds, whatever you got to do, but you got to start putting yourself in those places, all right? So that was number two. Let's talk about number three, because number three gets even further. This, yo, listen, I'm going to tell you, this conversation right here, this is a good one. I want to hear your thoughts in the comments about this. Your life partner can hurt your finances. Many of my friends got married young in their early to mid-20s, and now a big point of their relationship tension for a lot of them is money-related like opposite spending habits or an unwillingness to have money conversations. I choose to wait until I found some, I chose the, until I found someone who I shared the same financial values. And it was one of the best life decisions I ever made. Getting on the same page about finances with a partner 
might not be the priority for most people, but it was for me today. I have supported, I have a supportive spouse who is just as enthusiastic as I am about investing and living a frugal lifestyle. Listen, anytime that um, inflation pops up, uh, anytime we start having conversations about, um, we start having conversations about um, recessions, people tend to start thinking frugal. I want you to know something right now. You can be frugal and making a lot of money and you could be frugal because you have no money. Hey, I know you're enjoying this video, but I do have a quick question. If there was a way you and I could work together for five days, for one hour, every single day of those five days, and I actually helped you learn what it would take to actually grow your side business, would you be interested? Well, I got something for you. It's called the Grow Your Side Business Challenge. That's right. So right now, I want you to go to the website, growyoursidebusiness.com, and I want you to go ahead and register for the next challenge. Now, we do these monthly, and I don't know how long I'm going to be doing them because I'm giving away a lot of great game and a lot of information, but I just love being able to see you enjoy and build the type of business that you want. And so I've done this a few times now, and I want to do continue to do this. Go ahead and jump in now. Go ahead and register at growyoursidebusiness.com. It's five days, one hour a day, and we're going to get together, and I'm going to show you some things about maximizing your day job and that side business and really making it really work together for you and the life that you always dreamed of. Go to growyoursidebusiness.com right now and register today. I would say take your pick and, and do the former. Learning to build your business and being frugal while you're, you know, bringing in profits is a really important thing to get really good at. Now, there's a there's something in here that he talked about. Listen, he realizes that for a lot of people, money conversations is a big tension. It's a humongous tension for a lot of people. So here's what I'm going to tell you that I would highly suggest you um, you do. When it comes to your relationships, your friends, your fam, your the, the the intimate relationships you have with your spouse, your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, the relationships you have with your family, and the relationship you have with your friends. Let's just talk about those for a second. It's really important that you and I um, are open to money conversations. I, I'm going to tell you, I think that part of the downfall for a lot of people is we're not willing to have the tough conversations that are necessary in order to be able to move our lives forward. Because, so we let fear dictate whether or not we're going to have like certain conversations. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think that's a good strategy at all because at some point the, the, the inability to communicate and a decision about money are going to intersect. And when you have two different opinions, when that moment happens, that could be a powder keg. Let me tell you about a good way that I would suggest you be able to start having those conversations with um, your spouse, your loved one, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the case may be. I would do it, um, get a meal together and start having uh, a dream state conversation. Hey, what would we do when we reach X amount of dollars a month? 
What would you like to be doing? Right? Hey, I got a personal goal to make an additional $30,000 a month. What do you think about that? Are you open to making an extra $30,000 a month? How does that make you feel? What types of things do you think we could do in order to be able to increase our monthly uh, income in, you know, together? We've got to start inviting those conversations. If you're struggling and maybe you feel a little, you know, uneasy about these discussions, you're going to continue to feel like that until you start having them. And the more you have those conversations, the less you'll feel like that. Tell me down in the comments if you struggle with having money conversations of any kind, uh, whether it be your, 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 you know, your loved one, whether it be your family or whether it be your friends. Let me know down in the comments. And we want to help you um, with having those discussions. Let me give you some advice about talking about money with family. Here's been my experience that has been difficult for me. Prior to making any extra amount of money, I didn't under I didn't have even a I didn't even put a concept in my mind about money that I made. Why? Because I was so focused on just working and getting paid. Never entertained about building a business, never entertained getting to know as many now multimillionaires and entrepreneurs that I know now would have never saw that coming. And unfortunately, as things changed in my life, so did the conversations with my family. So let me give you a little bit of advice, speaking from experience. Here's the first thing. You owe nobody an explanation about what you're doing and why you're going about it when it comes to your family. The only person you are accountable to is you, to God, yourself, and your spouse, okay? That is it, and your kids, right? Like, if they're supporting you, your family will probably be very confused, especially if you grew up in a household like mine, come from no money, doesn't really talk about money, only watches the news to understand money, and always complaining about not having enough and always living in lack. If you come from that the way I did, unfortunately, the ability to even open your mouth and have certain financial discussions becomes difficult. So what you've got to do is with your family, I limited my financial conversations with my family when we would get together. Oh yeah, I limited them. I didn't talk about money on the, during the holidays, right? If my family saw that maybe I was out on vacation with my family or I'm traveling for business or whatever, I I just didn't I didn't get in I didn't engage in those conversations. Because here's what unfortunately we try to do because we become more people pleasers than, than purpose-driven. We're trying to justify to other people and defend ourselves uh, from what other people feel. You can't do that with your family. People are gonna feel the way they feel because all they remember is the 14-year-old you, right? Or the young in college you, right? And they've locked in that version of your intelligence, of your understanding, of your history, and they're not going past that in their mind, right? So you have to limit those conversations. 
Now, when it comes to your friends, it can get very difficult. If you're building a side business or you're building your full-time business, I'm gonna tell you right now, you might spend a lot of time alone. You just might. Because if they're not building a business too, there's, you're going to find spaces where you're going to have long gaps so you just don't have anything to talk about. Not because you're trying to be funny, but because on your mind is all of the things that go into building a business. And they're looking toward the weekend and you've forgotten about what day of week it is. <laughs> right? You're, 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 you're consumed with building your business as rightly you should be. And so you might find there's a not necessarily a communication gap, but if you start to hear things from your friends like, oh, you've changed, you don't hang out with us as much as more as you used to, um, you know, it feels different. Yeah, it does feel different because I'm building a business and it should feel different, right? Like maturity should feel different, right? You're not, you don't operate the same way today at 34 that you did at 16. You're not the same person at 52 that you were at 22, right? But unfortunately, people want to hold on to a version of you. And that version, once they lock that in their mind, they're not willing to let that go all the time. So with your friends, you might have that separation. So let's move on to the next section of this discussion because this is where it gets even better. So he says, you don't need to hustle 24-7. You might think that hustling will make you rich faster, but it also means you having less time to take care of your body. And no amount of money is worth neglecting your physical and mental health. To grow your wealth, you don't always need to be moving, producing, and working. I'm going to state that again. To grow your wealth, you don't always need to be moving, producing, and working. Prioritizing things like sleep, exercise, and proper diet give you the opportunity to refuel for the next day. I always put my health first, and as a result, I feel happier and much more energetic, productive, and creative. Now, can we have this discussion? Because this one right here is one that I struggled with for a while, and I'm still navigating my way through this. Because in my mind, if I'm laying down or doing something else and not working my business, I'm being lazy. Even though I probably could have gone like 10, 12 hours straight, eventually I start feeling guilty for stopping. Or because the list of things that need to get done becomes so long, especially if you're a solopreneur or you're managing a few different things and you've outsourced some stuff, it's like it never ends. Let me give you a little bit of advice that has helped me tremendously when it comes to building out a business for yourself. Here's the first thing. You're never going to get it all done every day, all day. Hey, I know you're enjoying this video, but I do have a quick question. If there was a way you and I could work together for five days for one hour every single day of those five days, and I actually helped you learn what it would take to actually grow your side business, would you be interested? Well, I got something for you. It's called the Grow Your Side Business Challenge. That's right. So right now, I want you to go to the website, growyoursidebusiness.com, and I want you to go ahead and register for the next challenge. Now, we do these monthly, and I don't know how long I'm going to be doing them because I'm giving away a lot of great game and a lot of information, but I just love being able to see you enjoy and build the type of business that you want. And so I've done this a few times now, and I want to do continue to do this. Go ahead and jump in now. Go ahead and register at growyoursidebusiness.com. It's five days, one hour a day, and we're going to get together, and I'm going to show you some things about maximizing your day job and that side business and really making it really work together for you and the life that you always dreamed of. Go to growyoursidebusiness.com right now and register today. Ever.
So relieve yourself from the pressure of thinking that you have to. Second thing, your brain cannot handle focus on that thing 24 hours a day. I'm saying like mentally, it's impossible. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Psychologically, it's not good, right? Physiologically, like sitting all day is not good, right? So one of the cool things that happens as a brain hack for productivity that you can do is number one, what's really helpful is like breaking that, that, that moment in your brain and go do something else, right? So for example, for me, I work out every single day. That hour or hour and a half, I would, I would almost call it like two hours, but because I like got to get dressed, I got to get to, to my trainer, I got to work out. I got to drive home. I got to shower, right? Get ready and then get back to it. That is the best break for my brain because I'm putting my, my, my physical body under controlled stress. I'm also, um, uh, I'm putting my, my eyes and my brain in a different environment. So now my brain has to wake up and I'll be alert on what I'm doing. Right. And then three, um, I'm, I'm, because I'm in a different environment, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually like thinking about those things, but what has happened to me is certain answers will come to me because I'm not sitting in the same environment the entire time or ideas, right? I get this energy in order to be able to keep going. So you and I have to take care of our, our bodies. You cannot neglect your physical wellness to make a buck. I've watched people die with a lot of money, but it they died, you know, short-lived only because they didn't really want to take care of their body, man. So let's move on to the next one. This is getting good now. This is getting good. And tell me down in the comments, what are you doing physically to take care of your body and your life? All right. Number five, growing up poor doesn't mean you can't build wealth. This is a good one. I came from a very low income family. My grandfather was a pastor and barely got by financially because he wasn't good with his money. My dad adopted those same habits and spent most of his early years living paycheck to paycheck. Luckily, he recognized his father's bad habits and changed his ways later in life. He taught me the value of saving and investing and told me that credit card debt would ruin my financial stability like it did for his dad. I learned that even if without a six-figure salary, you can still get rich. This is one of the basic principles that I would tell you that all of us need to be mindful of almost every single day. Why is that important? Because 
many of us are using this device to measure ourselves against other people and other people's successes and other things that other people have gotten done and what they've been able to create. And what you forget is they're showing you their results, which is a snapshot in time. What you do not see is how long it's taking them to get that one result that they're reposting a million different ways, right? So we've got to temper our own expectations of ourselves, but we've also got to be willing to say, you know what? I can make it and I can do better, but I've got to probably bring my, my spending down, right? Basics. Most of us don't struggle financially for like complicated stuff. Most of us, our finances aren't complicated. We're the ones that's complicated. We want what we want and we like what we like, right? So learning to temper yourself and bring down like this desire and this need, again, social media and everything else is, you're watching somebody else's results, right? Like our job is to find the ways to say, okay, how can I like live a rich lifestyle, but I don't have to have a lot of money. There are people who literally save 20% of their income so they can travel and go where they want to go and I have to worry about it and I have to put it on a credit card. That's great, right? You've got to figure out what that balance means for you, right? So let's get to number six. This one is going to rock a lot of feathers. If you haven't read this article, it's a really good article. A prestigious degree doesn't guarantee wealth. While your degree can help you get your foot in the right door, it is what you do after you graduate that makes the real difference. I didn't have a fancy degree at an Ivy League. I saved up an emergency fund and invested at least 10% of my income early on. Over the years, it helped me create a comfortable retirement lifestyle. My best advice is to look for less expensive options, perhaps paying in-state tuition at a school that has a great program and what you're interested in. Then take advantage of the alumni network and job placement opportunities from there. Listen, I think um, we're at a crossroads when it comes to education and traditional forms of it. I think that um, the, the, the push with our children, the push with ideas of, listen, you got to go to school, you got to go to school, you got to go to school, you got to get all straight A's, straight A's, straight A's, straight A's, straight A's. And statistics even show that a lot of the people who own companies and build businesses typically were average C students, but the A students work for them, right? But we've pushed this narrative of like, hey, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta get this job. You gotta, you know, you got, and you gotta go to school and that school debt, I mean, y'all now the school debt on average, let's, let's look up the school debt on average. So we're gonna look up the school college debt on average. The college debt on average among students in the United States. Let's see, when is this? The average debt is $39,351. The average monthly student loan payment is 393. The total student loan debt is 1.75 trillion. 43.2 million people own student loans. And the borrowers who, oh, listen to this. Let me, let me show you this. Check this out. This is crazy. Look at this. The borrowers who owe over $100,000 or more are 2.1 million people. 
So what we so what we gotta start doing? Let's let's go here. Student loan debt statistics, right? Let's look at what we're what we're talking about here, right? Like here here they are. Then we can break it down by state, right? Like we can see by state what is going on, right? District of Columbia is fifty five thousand, right? Let me look at here, North Carolina. What is it? Thirty seven thousand dollars here in North Carolina. Now, now, why is like why why talk about this? What is going on with education? Well, technology is going on with education. People can learn certain uh, skills faster now. They don't have to wait four years to learn learn a skill, right? Um, the piece of paper, you know, whatever your side is on, either you're for it, saying yo that validates that person and that validates something that you know traditionally happens in your house. Then okay, for some people. That does not validate their child at all, right? Like, for example, I know people who literally have millions of dollars and their kids are going off to school, but those kids already know that piece of paper doesn't validate me. We already have money, right? Like, meaning as a family. Um, I just ran into a gentleman this weekend, brilliant man when it comes to investing, and his son is going into the ninth grade, but he's not going to the ninth grade. He's taking a gap year in his freshman year in high school because his dad has built a big business in investing and he's going to get real world education on learning how to invest. So he's taken the entire year to learn how to invest. My point is y'all is that I think we're at a crossroads where traditional earning and traditional or, or not traditional learning and what it meant to get that piece of paper is in direct conflict with the technology the information, the access to that information and the ability to learn something now and then go execute and earn, right? Faster than four years. I think that's where we're at a crossroads, right? And you've got to decide what that means for you. Tell me down in the comments, like what's, what, what does that crossroads look like for you? What are you, you know, if you got kids, what's kind of the conversation in your house with that? All right, let's get back to our conversation here. That was number six. Number seven, this one is a good one. Your passion won't pay the bills. Rich celebrities will often tell you that they achieve success by following their passions, but that doesn't work like that for everyone. It is easier for most of us to learn to earn a living through our strengths than our passions. Our passions tend to be more creative and it is usually harder to earn a high salary in a creative field. My hobby was photography, but I chose a career in software development because it was what I was good at. The salary difference between those two career paths are drastically different. Now as an early retiree, I'm actually able to enjoy and spend the time more on my passions. I will tell you right now, that is probably one of the best places that I've seen of a conversation in words to really end that portion of the conversation on because the narrative is out here, y'all. Just do go with what you're passionate about and just go after it. But what if my passion don't pay the bills? I've got to actually go get a skill that I can be paid for. This is the reason why having a, a daytime job is necessary. Some of us need to ensure that we've got a steady flow of income coming in that takes care of our normal everyday lifestyle while also helping us to invest in building out our business. And there's nothing wrong with that. Please stop listening to people that make you feel bad for having your job. 
You're not wrong. You're right for what you were doing, for what you were trying to accomplish in your home. The difference is it just might mean it takes you a little longer. So, right? But don't feel bad because you have a day job and you're, you know, thumb flicking through your social media, you know, what other people or results they're doing. Well, guess what? That was one time in a moment, right? That doesn't mean that's their everyday lifestyle. It's just doctored up right that way, right? Like it's curated to look like that, right? So, 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 so now let's wrap up this conversation, right? Because what does this have to do with quiet quitting? Well, you know, one of the most interesting things about this whole idea about quiet quitting, and I mentioned this in a, in a, in a video uh, about a month ago about quiet quitting. The, the more that companies are, have, have gotten away from really taking care of their employees, the more companies have said, do more to climb the corporate ladder, harder, 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 more hours, more hours, more hours. At some point, every human has a breaking point. Every human. You can't keep running at that pace that long, that hard, and think that you're not, you're like, it's never going to end. I think corporate America's had a wake-up call. And the best, and I know this, just hear me out when I say this. The best thing that ever happened for those of us who have a corporate day job was COVID. So what if you could find a community of corporate professionals who also have side businesses and we're all just trying to learn from each other and learn how to grow? Well, that's why I'm here. You should join the Grow Your Side Business Challenge. That's right. I want you right now. Go to it right now. GrowYourSideBusiness.com. And guess what? You can opt into my five-day challenge. One hour per day, you and I are going to get together with a ton of other community people who, guess what? We're all trying to grow our side businesses and we want to know how to do it the right way the first time. Well, guess what? I'm going to teach you some things that you didn't even know that you should be doing to leverage your corporate day job while also at the same time learning how to build that side business. And you're going to find out that actually if you do your side business the right way, it will impact the way you show up at work. And I'm going to show you some things that you didn't even know was possible. So for five days, for one hour a day, you and I get together. Now, I got two ways you can experience that. You could jump in to the general admission. Well, guess what? You just get access to the live training right then and there each and every day for one hour a day. Or you could jump into the VIP experience. My VIP people get a chance to actually talk with me, actually ask questions every single day if you would like to before the actual training. So guess what? You want to jump into the VIP experience because that is where you'll be able to get your questions answered and including the actual training live. So go to growyoursidebusiness.com, jump into the challenge, and I look forward to seeing you there. Best thing ever. Because it calls us to stop and ask ourselves an honest question. What is really important? Now, for those of you who feel like you've been quiet quitting, and tell me down in the comments. It's just us. But just be honest. Like, you quiet quit a little bit? Like, you, are you struggling with showing up with that same fervor to the job the way you used to, right? Is that what's going on? Well, quiet quitting, as, as it's been kind of coined now, it, here's the thing. I heard this, I heard it mentioned earlier, and I really had to think about this. But, but somebody was having this conversation and they said, hey, listen, quiet quitting might not be a bad thing the way people think it is. Quiet quitting might be just doing your job. 
And I had to think about that for a second. Like, what, what do you mean just doing your job? Well, if we're honest, many of us have gone so far above and beyond for our jobs. So many of us have fought for relevancy when we saw layoffs coming around the corner, when people were getting laid off left and right. We do so much at our jobs to stay relevant and we'll pick up more than we should. And what happens is we make the norm abnormal. We make the abnormal normal. Let me tell you what I mean. I'll give you a perfect example. I remember uh, at my job one time um, I'm, I'm traveling a lot, you know, for, for, for my role and I had to, I finally started having to take, you know, we got the lifestyle got so demanding. I had to take my laptop with me. And as I'm taking my work laptop with me everywhere, I found myself answering emails at 5.37 p.m., 7.34, 8.19 p.m. I found myself checking my laptop over the weekend and responding to emails because here's what happens as a result of you doing that. You're making micro commitments that create large assumptions on the other side. I'm going to state that again. Every time you don't draw a line in the sand between your day job and your life, you're creating micro commitments that create large assumptions on the other side. Well, if I keep answering emails after hours, that becomes the expectation on the other side. If I answer an email and get a piece of document done on Saturday when I should be watching baby girl kick her soccer goal or t-ball or swimming, but instead I'm over there doing an email and doing a deliverable, I'm now making micro commitments little over time to the job and to those people because then they think, oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, just, just send Chris an email. He'll answer. How many times have we heard that? Oh, yeah, just, just send him a, yeah, yeah, he'll answer. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just, just send it to him. He'll respond. Or on the other side, you get to a meeting the next morning and somebody's saying, hey, I sent you an email, but you never responded. And then you go look at what time they sent the email. Oh, it was 1030 at night. Huh? Okay. Right. But because you've been making micro commitments all the way, people tend to make that a norm. So what we've got to do is we got to do a better job of building boundaries and saying no. So I understood what he meant when he said that quiet quitting was just doing your job. He means like, just do your job, but we're getting, we're, we're starting to get to a point where we're getting away from this. Go the full extra mile, do all that you can. Yeah. I don't know if that's what people are, are feeling anymore. And employees, no matter what level of employee you are, junior level, mid-level, senior level, executive level, COVID happened and one of the things that happened is, is it put people in a space where they had, to, they had to stop and ask themselves, the 80 hours that I'm putting in a week at this job, 
How much time have I lost with my child? I remember last story. I remember my wife telling me this story before we got married. We have a blended family. And so before we got married, she told me this story one time about, you know, she's, you know, she's busy with the job traveling this, that, and you know, she's the only female executive, you know, for the company. And so they have other assumed demands on her that they don't have for the other male executives. Right. And one time, she was traveling so much and doing so many things that she just wasn't around for the kids. And she said one day she walked in the house and she had an epiphany. I don't know what my son's favorite color is. I don't know what he likes to do. Because I've been missing everything. And she said, I don't even know who this little human is. And that was the day that she realized I've been way too loyal to this company. I don't even know my kids. And how many of us are doing that? Again, micro commitments over time make large assumptions on the other end for everybody else. How many of us are doing that over time? And we wonder why eventually you're like, how did I get here? Well, it's because we didn't set good boundaries. So what I hope is, number one, go to the link in the description, go read that article. I've provided some other links to some other conversations around this quiet quitting idea. And here's what I'm going to say. Just search yourself. If you're working your day job still and you watch this video, search yourself. I'm not saying don't do your job at work. I'm saying maybe you've made way too many commitments and you've blurred the lines between your regular life and your and your job and you've made it more acceptable for your job to overrun your life. I don't know, but I think it's worth the conversation. And if your job or the culture of your organization is not um, leaning more heavily into allowing you to have a life and there's more push for you to just keep being here, longer hours, you know, all this stuff, you've got to ask yourself a question. Is this where I want to be the next 10 years? Do I want to operate in this manner, right? That's what you got to ask yourself. Now, you may love your job. I loved what I did. So it wasn't like for me, like I was like disgruntled with my job. No, I loved what I did. Love training, love teaching, love doing it, right? But I had to start asking myself, is this really what I was after, Right? So listen, for Massive Action Monday, I know I covered a lot of stuff. Go read that article and leave a comment down below. You tell me, like, what is it that you know, like, in your world, like, oh, man, I need to pay attention to that. We walked through those seven uh, uh, um, things, those seven lessons that Steve walked through, right, in his article. Go read that. And last but not least, I'm going to tell y'all, the book is here. From Side Hustle to Side Business has popped up, ladies and gentlemen. You need to get your copy, How to Take Any Product and Service and Turn It Into Storage, Success, and Sales with my business coach, Myron Golden. The book is here. You need to order yours now. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being here for Massive Action Monday. And man, listen, go do something this week. Massive Action Monday is not about action you're going to take next year. Based on the conversation today, the lessons learned from a guy who retired at 35 with a net Savings of a million dollars and his lessons. What are you going to go apply to your life based on this conversation? Right? 
What are you going to do? Are you do, are, do you need to go build some boundaries at work as a result? I want you to think about that. And then I'd love for you to be able to share with me down in the comments below. I will respond. I love talking to you. Love kind of hearing your stories and seeing what's going on. Thank you for being here for Massive Action Monday. Go make the most action you can in your life. Go make a difference. Let's go change the world one day at a time. Thank you so much for being here. You can also have this experience on the audio podcast. We are on every platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, you name it, wherever you get your ear hustle on, including Audible, by the way. Wherever you get your ear hustle on, you can listen to the show. So listen to the show there. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you so much for allowing me to be able to share with you better ways that you can grow your side business. Take care. Have a great day. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.